Support for NPR comes from ADP. Say you're in HR and a solar flare adds an extra hour to each day. How would this impact business? ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to help your business take on the next anything. ADP, always designing for people. In a little more than a year, New Jeans has become huge in the world of K-pop, with a reputation for upending industry conventions. They've become the fastest K-pop act ever to reach 1 billion streams on Spotify, and their new EP, Get Up, just hit number one on the Billboard charts. I'm Stephen Thompson, and today we are talking about New Jeans on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mattress Firm. How do you sleep at night? No matter what might be keeping you up, Mattress Firm can help anyone sleep. Mattress Firm will find you the right mattress from a wide selection of top brands at every budget. Plus, if you see a lower price somewhere else, they'll match it up to 120 nights with their low price guarantee. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale and sleep at night. Restrictions apply. See mattressfirm.com or store for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Sun & Ski Sports. They're celebrating National Bike Month in May with a big giveaway. Enter in-store to win a Cannondale Trail mountain bike or online to win a Haro Flightline 1 mountain bike. Cycling isn't just transportation. It's a boost for physical and mental health. Join them for Bike to Work Week from May 13th to 19th. Make every ride count this National Bike Month. Gear up at Sun and Ski Sports, where adventure begins. Visit sunandski.com. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at Life Kit, we want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday, even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR. Joining me today is NPR Music Editor Sheldon Pierce. Hey, Sheldon. Hey, Stephen. It is great to have you. So there are five members of New Jeans. All of them are teenagers. Their names are Minji, Honey, Danielle, Hane, and Heron. And the Korean pop industry generally unveils new artists and new songs using a very deliberate promotional campaign. You get teasers, snippets, hints, and visuals before you get the new material. But when New Jeans' first song, Attention, came out back in July of 2022, there wasn't that lead-up. The song, without any advance hype served as listeners' introduction to the group. Then just one day after attention dropped, New Jeans put out another new song called Hype Boy. So, Sheldon, for those who are still getting to know the group, what sets New Jeans apart from other K-pop acts, sonically speaking? Yeah, you know, the defining characteristic of New Jeans is subtlety. Mm. The group is designed and sold as the K-pop way without the bugs, an answer to the agency model's sort of hyper-manufactured product. Mm -hmm. In truth, they too live and die by many of the same principles. (laughs) Sure. But their music feels precise and muted, almost lo-fi and delicate in comparison to a lot of K-pop. The group does away with a lot of K-pop-isms, sort of 
clumsy rap verses that appear out of nowhere in the third act, <laughs> harsh buzzing EDM synths or static synthetic sounding vocal performances, all in pursuit of a cleaner, more succinct sound. I think of them kind of as an opposite to BTS in a way. Hmm. BTS figured out how to build a K-pop group around rappers. New Jeans has built a K-pop group that subverts the rap formula entirely. They still pull from hip-hop and electronic music, but a bit more perceptively. Mm -hmm. At the same time, they put greater emphasis on sleekness in their choreography and their packaging. So as they move from one aesthetic change to the next, they are able to sort of maintain this singular identity. It's remarkable listening to it how much... Like you kind of say, there's a little bit of an all killer, no filler. It's like all hooks yeah. without necessarily feeling like it's trying to be everything to everyone yeah. or trying to mash up 17 genres in a single song the way For a lot sure. of K-pop does. Sometimes to great effect. I mean, like, sure. There's K-pop that does that I love. I don't mean to suggest that it's a bad yeah. thing to have these like really ambitious genre mashups. I think that's really cool. Yeah. But listening to this, it feels in a way... Like it's made for TikTok a little bit. Like it's just going straight to the hook. There is also, I think, this thing where every New Jeans song sounds distinctly like a New Jeans song. Like they are all of a piece. Mm -hmm. They couldn't be made by any other group. They are outliers in that way. And I mean, you talked about the TikTok effect, the way that they feel manufactured for that platform. I think it has to do with like the efficiency of their music. There are little differences in how their music is produced that make them outliers. Unlike most K-pop groups, they have primary producers who work across their discography, giving them continuity. Mm -hmm. They don't use reference vocals. They have maybe the least processed vocals in all of K-pop, and they almost never sync together as a unit. You hear a lot of individual voices in the hooks. Mm -hmm. Each sort of member of the group has her own character and identity, mm -hmm. and together they have an identity as a group that sort of creates this continuity across their entire discography that I think fits that sort of aesthetic model of TikTok. The, the conveyor belt-isms of like streaming through the feed <laughs> and just taking it all in. New Jeans put out a self-titled debut EP a few days after those first singles that we heard a couple of samples from. And then right at the top of this year, they put out a single called OMG, which was a huge hit on TikTok. So this song was huge on TikTok. It spawned dance challenges and, and memes, yeah. the, the whole TikTok works. And I was wondering if you could talk to me a little bit more about how TikTok and audience interaction in general has kind of fit into New Jean's success. Yeah, well, you know, I think TikTok has played into the extended success and virality of K-pop in general in the 2020s. Mm -hmm. Before 2020, the list of K-pop albums that had gone number one was four, and three of those were BTS, yeah. with only one other album in the top 10, also BTS. <laughs> uh, since 2020, there have been nine number ones from five different groups, including New Jeans, and 38 albums total in the top 10. So TikTok is the one app that can sort of boast 
that its video feed is a direct precursor to music discovery. Yeah. And K-pop has seen those results. That's because K-pop, more than any other music, is a music of presentation. <laughs> and no music has sort of more carefully aligned with youth culture's collective shift towards dance composition for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But the first and most subtle difference between New Jeans and its competitors is that it's a particularly visual group. You can't have dance challenges and memes without content to be modeled after, and they have released a lot of content. To your point about a single dropping the day after they released their single, they have a ton of singles and nearly every one of them has a curated video experience. All four cuts from their self-titled debut have videos. Mm -hmm. Ditto was a B-side for OMG, and it got a video. <laughs> so you see a lot of them across their music. But it isn't just the videos themselves, it's the aesthetics within. Sort of polished choreography with big, flowy movements mm -hmm. that are simple and compact, and also, like, carefully directed styling across the group's image. K-pop staples that have sort of been dialed to a thousand with this particular group. Yeah, well, in talking about the visual stamp of those videos, there's definitely a kind of early aughts aesthetic. Yeah. So they're teenagers, you know, so yeah. <laughs> that's an aesthetic from before they were born. It's the equivalent of, like, I made a video with a lot of, like, 1960s right, right. <laughs> you know, feel to it, which is, is actually common. People will do that. They managed to package in a certain amount of nostalgia yeah. with the look of what they're doing in ways that will hook in not only really, really young audiences their ages, but the parents as well, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you we listen to a bit of attention and you can hear the sort of influence of Y2K pop and R&B mm -hmm. on the original stuff that they were releasing as they debuted. So there was pretty carefully planned overlap between the aesthetics of appearance and the aesthetics of their music, trying to sort of reach their younger demographic, but also pull very sort of carefully from the past and, and lean into. I think K-pop has always done that to a certain degree. But again, there is a certain level of nuance that comes with the New Jeans approach. That has come from a titan of brand management who has optimized the K-pop process. Mm. The CEO of their imprint, Min Hee Jin, who oversees all their music and is a producer on all their videos. She basically managed brands at one of the big three entertainment companies, SMENT, for the agency's biggest groups. And some credit her with pushing K-pop towards a more concept-driven aesthetic. Mm -hmm. So she has always wanted to find ways to break and subvert K-pop's rules. And with new jeans, she has. Mm -hmm. Sort of finding this balance between what works in the traditional Korean agency system, but works for our online attention-driven economy as well. Yeah, and Min Hee Jin eventually left SM Entertainment, started a new label under HYBE, which is where she put together new jeans. And HYBE is the parent company that also manages BTS. Yeah. There is a lot of thought and um, marketing savvy <laughs> that goes into every second of this music. Um, so New Jeans has a new EP called Get Up. It just hit number one on the Billboard album charts. Sheldon, what is jumping out at you about these new songs? Yeah, you know, the most striking thing for me is the push into dance music. Mm -hmm. And it's a very clear move. But it's also been a gradual progression over the course of the music that they've released in the past year. 
K-pop has always had this intrinsic bond with electronic music, but mostly EDM. Then there was like a post-Justin Bieber trap house wave, <laughs> and eventually in the wake of Despacito, reggaeton. But the stuff of their debut sort of fused in with its Y2K blended pop and R&B sound, sort of house rhythms, some mid-2000s like UK garage stuff, while also seemingly nodding to the K-pop of the late 90s, like SES. More recently, they've turned to club music specifically. It's really a transition that started at the end of last year with the heavily UK Garage-influenced singles album. That's the stuff of OMG and Ditto. And then the drum and bass of their, like, Coke-sponsored song, Zero. Coca-Cola Masita Coca-Cola Masita See you looking catch it, here's a cola See you looking catch it, here's a cola Coca-Cola Masita I think the Get Up EP is like really, really rhythmic, even in its quietest moments. Uh, ETA nods to Baltimore Club and samples the Woo Yeah Lynn Collins break. Super Shy flips the Powerpuff Girls theme, which is just James Brown's funky drummer in double time, a tempo that feels like it was made for Dance Dance Revolution. And the song New Jeans has this sort of stuttering Jersey Club vocal chops even more skipping garage production. Cool With You could be a Craig David song. Mm-hmm. It feels cool so beyond these low-key pulsing productions, though, you can also hear the gentle touch of the R&B singer-songwriter Erica de Cassier who wrote four of these six songs, actually. Oh, yeah. As a result of her influence, the music is playful and twee, smooth and natural. A lot of it is twitchy yet live. But it's all, I think, driven by vocal performances that feel not only crisp, but a bit wistful, which is a nod to the nostalgia that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. It's also, as I kind of said near the top of the segment, there's just not a wasted second on it. (laughs) I just had this experience listening to it, and I've, I've noticed this as a trend that's really been picking up, is musicians have taken this approach before. It's not 100% new, but it's like instead of releasing, you know, an album that is, you know, 10 or 12 songs and each song is three or four minutes, it's like there's a track, the title track on the Get Up EP is 36 seconds long. And it's like a pretty contained song. It feels like a song that was made for TikTok. And it's like, instead of asking people to pull out the relevant 
section of a song <laughs> that, that they want to see kind of go viral, they just make that the song. It reminded me a little bit of that Tierra Whack record oh, yeah. where each track is 60 seconds long. And, and, it's, yeah. and it's like she's excerpting the 60 best seconds <laughs> from yeah. a really great album. And it's, it's a fascinating experience to see this fragmentation of pop music kind of breaking down for, like when I was a kid, people lamented the, the loss of attention spans with the rise of MTV. But but now we've gotten to the point where it's like no, just give me your best thirty seconds. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you've, there's there's a lot of content, especially when you think about the way that people listen to music on TikTok. TikTok is sort of its own asset that you can click through onto and then watch a bunch of videos connected specifically to that sound. If you go through and listen to those sounds, a lot of times. It is. They find even the segment within the segment. They're playing 15 <laughs> seconds of your 30 seconds. And it's that cut that is making the rounds throughout the platform. So you really do. You only have but so many moments to capture the attention of Gen Z. And efficiency has become the key. And you talked about it. It's like all killer, no filler. Let's get to the point. I love that the songs themselves, though, even in all their hookiness, in all their catchy glory, they still maintain like traditional song structures. In a lot of the cases, mm -hmm. they have found a way to keep their stuff really fast moving, really interesting, but also sort of, they're still playing the game. Like yeah. they haven't completely gone away from traditional song craft, which is something I appreciate. I think the up-tempo rhythms really sort of suit this sort of algorithm-based, <laughs> if you will, sort of plea to grab listeners' attention. Yeah. Well, we want to know what you think about New Jeans. Find us at facebook.com slash PCHH. That brings us to the end of our show. Sheldon Pierce, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. We want to take a moment to thank our Pop Culture Happy Hour Plus subscribers. We appreciate you so much for showing your support of NPR. If you haven't signed up yet, want to show your support and listen to this show without any sponsor breaks, head over to plus.npr.org slash happy hour or visit the link in our show notes. This episode was produced by Hafsa Fathima and edited by Jessica Reedy. Hello Come In provides our theme music. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Stephen Thompson, and we will see you all tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the Spark Cash Plus card, you earn unlimited 2% cash back on every purchase for your business. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash SparkCashPlus. Terms and conditions apply. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR.